Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I have a whirlwind weekend planned. I'm, or, well, this is Friday, the day before, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, happy Mother's Day, everyone out there. That's right. Happy belated Mother's Day to all you mamas out there in any form. Right. Yes. You have, um, or did you have Mother's Day plans? I always forget, like, we record before all this happens. So we're like thinking, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> right. I, so the week we're, so Saturday, no, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mother's Day. I am driving to Tennessee with my daughter to see my mom and my sisters are going and my mom's sister and her daughter are there. So we're doing like a girls overnight. How fun. <laughs> I that know. Sounds fun. They're there for the whole weekend, but I cannot go for the whole weekend because we're doing the pig picking on Saturday. Right. I know. I'm sad you're going to miss it. I know. Uh, I've missed the last several. Oh, yeah. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Hanging her head. Yes, I am. So we do this every year, this pig picking. For those of you who do not live in North Carolina and have no idea what in the heck I'm talking about, we cook an entire pig. My husband. Wes, the girl, the oh, master. Crazy. And it, it's crazy, right? It's like a whole it pig on the head and everything. Like, <laughs> legit. The first, when we went, well, I think we only went to one. Well, maybe we went to more than one. But anyway, it was crazy. <laughs> Did you like, like I was like, where's a pig right there? <laughs> it's on like a spit. <laughs> we have a cooker. It was very good. Yeah. So it's North Carolina barbecue and... We love it. We do it every year and have all of our favorite people come. And it's just a very Southern and very, very North Carolina-esque. My husband cooks it. Before he cooked it, his dad would cook it. And then his grandfather is the one who started doing it. And he actually had a restaurant on the farm and would cook barbecue like on a regular basis. And people would come that live in the town and eat the barbecue on weekends. So it is a family tradition. That's amazing. Cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. I sh- I'll I'm post so a picture pig. of it, yeah. of the pig. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll post it. People, people are so people fascinated might, by this. <laughs> people might think it's part of a crime. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's gross. That part's gross. Like, yeah, I, we have to call and reserve the pig. <laughs> so this makes us sound so crazy, but like, and they literally have to like slaughter the pig like the day before we come to get it and like drain Do you it. Like pick it out, or you like just give me a pig that's seventy. Yeah, you, five pounds. I mean, I don't know. That seems small, but. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, we just pick the weight. I think I don't know personally. I mean, I called and said, we want a pig. This is how many pounds between this and this. And this is the day. And and this old man at the butcher slot, they answer the phone slaughterhouse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. It's so weird. (laughs) That's amazing. It's so funny. (laughs) Hello, you've called the slaughterhouse. Yeah, no, just slaughterhouse. (laughs) What can I do you for? Yep. He's like, see you Saturday. (laughs) Wow. Yep. How long does it take to cook again? All day. So we're picking the pig up at like six o'clock in the morning. I not I'm not picking it up personally. Mm. My husband. At like six in the morning, it'll be done by like 
four. So it has to mm-hmm. cook and you have to spin it really slow and like season it with all this stuff. It's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's an art. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I just remember all the, like the two different sauces. Cause isn't North Carolina like two different sauces mm-hmm. either the West or East, right? Yep. Yeah. There's a red sauce and then there's like a vinegar based sauce. So yeah, 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 yeah. I love barbecue. Yum. <laughs> well, man, come I'm on down. I know. <laughs> we yeah, normally have make a quick flight. <laughs> no, you should. We normally have a band. We are not having a band this year and a big bonfire. We are doing the big bonfire afterwards. So mm, fun, fun. Mm-hmm. I'll post some pics or a pic at least. Yeah, for sure. Sure. What are you doing for Mother's Day? Um, we well, it's going to be beautiful this weekend, and so we just decided to invite another family over. And I ordered some food last night. That's like, um, like dinner type stuff, but it's like it'll be delivered to my house on Saturday, and it's like a heat and surf. Oh, nice! So yeah, so just hanging by the pool, like chilling, doing nothing. Sounds <laughs> perfect. Yes, that's exactly what I would like to do because it's just, you know, we don't have any baseball games. We don't have anything. Just sit and chill and have some drinks. You're not going to know how, how to sit there. I feel like you're going to be antsy. Oh, I can. Oh, I <laughs> can. I for sure can sit by that pool and not move. So, yeah, I'm excited. And then, so, and I think now this is finally like, because we've had some really decent weather, but I think we're finally like on the upswing where it's not going to like drop again. Mm hmm. Because for some reason, it normally isn't like that in May for sure. Um, but like it's going to be like 80 on Sunday and then next week's like 91, 94, mm-hmm. 90. Like, I'm like, oh, here we go. Yep. Summer's here. Summer's here. Get you ready. We were just talking on our Patreon about how we <laughs> are not prepared. We're trying to get our summer bods ready. <laughs> we'll be no. fine. You're beautiful. We're beautiful. Yeah. Just as yeah. we are. Right, exactly. I'm 44. I don't really need care anymore. Yep. What am I doing? <laughs> Sitting in my backyard anyways. And it also makes me excited that summer is coming because in June, I'm going to see you for a yes! girls weekend, which mm-hmm. will be yes. so fun. Oh my gosh. I'm really excited for that. So it's coming. We should do our intro for that following week like together. Yes, I agree. And we got to start our oh. countdown text too. We always do a countdown for our girls' weekends. Right. (laughs) 46 more days. Exactly. 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 Do it. (laughs) All right. So anyways, well, um, happy Mother's Day to everybody. And are you ready for a crime? I guess. That's what I'm here for. Well, here we go. Are you ready for a case? Oh, my. I think I'm ready, Christy. Are you ready? <laughs> ready to tell it. <laughs> it's been it's been on the docket for quite a while, actually. Our, our poor Instagram follower, follower, Andrea, who get, sent it to us, sent it to us a long time ago. Andrea and, is a closet sister. Yes, she is also a closet sister. So, um, But she and the victim went to school together. Oh, Yes. And uh, we're going to Georgia again. Oh, man, the Georgia. We just recorded a Patreon Georgia episode. Yep. Yep. And we did, uh, I believe, a couple weeks ago was Georgia, too. Yep. Anyway, Georgia's getting up there. Yeah, it is. On our our list. So 
Um, anyway, we're going to Coffee County, Georgia this time. Okay. That sounds cute. It's, um, it does sound cute. Uh, I can't think of how far that is, but we're outside of Atlanta, like hours outside of Atlanta South. Okay. And, and this one. So Doris Spillers was born on September 18th, 1967 to Elizabeth and Wilbur Spillers. She has a sister named Leanne. They lived in Fort Valley, Georgia, which that's about an hour and a half or so south of Atlanta. She went to Westfield High School and was the cheerleader that everyone wanted to be like. Oh. She then went on to the University of Georgia, which is where she met John Worrell uh, during a winter storm, apparently. There was a storm and all the like kids that were dorming were out there playing in the snow oh together. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. Which I can't imagine happens too – well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I always think of Georgia as like the south and that it probably doesn't snow all that often. But maybe it does. I don't maybe think wrong so. On. No? I think it would be more like North Carolina. Like occasionally you'll get a good one, but not like – snow is not just a thing that happens regularly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so they're all out there playing in the snow and she met John. John's dream was to be a golf pro. Doris was very artsy and would go, go on to become a teacher in an elementary school and also volunteered um, to teach art classes in a place called the Hope Center, which I tried to figure out what that was, but I, I couldn't based on like Googling and there was so many different places and I couldn't get a good read on what it was. But she does volunteer apparently to teach art classes there. Right after college, the two got married and moved 100 miles away to Douglas, Georgia, which is where John's family lives, okay. where he's from. And just si small side note, we actually have a connection to Georgia, and I'm, I, I'm sure I've told you the story, but I don't know if you knew it was jo Douglas, Georgia. Um, but when we went through our adoption, we had a match in Douglas, Georgia, and we traveled up mm -hmm. to get the baby and found out while we were there that we we're not going home with a baby. And so I don't really have a fond yeah. memory of Douglas, Georgia, and you probably won't after the story either. So, Uh-oh. Did he ever do anything uh, other than be a golf pro, by the way? You said he, he dreamed. Never a golf oh, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, that was his dream. Okay. His aspiration. John and Doris became parents to three children, two daughters, Amelia and Alexis, and one son, Patrick. Having the children put a stop to his dreams of becoming a golf pro. Got it. Probably didn't have the time to devote to it, whatnot. So the family opened up a park called John's Sports Park in about in around 1996. Basically a park that had like go-kart, tracks, arcade, ball pits, obstacle courses, tunnels to climb. To, you know, just a fun little yeah. amusement park kind of thing. Doris became a stay-at-home mom, and the kids were her life. She did everything for them, loved them more than anything, kind of like what we do. Probably didn't do a whole lot for herself on the side. Um, the family attended church, and in early 2000, they met a young lady at church who had just basically shown up at the church doorstep because she had been abandoned by her aunt, who was her guardian. Her name was, I want to say Paula, but I'm pretty sure it's just pa pa Paula. It's P-A-O-L-A. -A. Okay. It makes me want to say Paula. Yarberry, who was a 15-year-old girl, and she was originally from Venezuela. I don't know why her aunt was her guardian. I know that she came to the U.S. at some point when she was young. So I, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but her aunt was her guardian. But 
kicked her out. Why? That's rude. That's another thing I don't know. I don't know why. So she was homeless since she had been kicked out and she showed up at the church and Doris, who is apparently a very kind and giving person was like, well, you you can come stay with us. Wow. This is stay. So Paula, Paula became, (laughs) uh, or she came here to the U S like I said, sometime when she was younger, but paperwork when she was five years old, I'm assuming that's around when she came here, if they were doing paperwork at five was not complete. So she never became a U.S. citizen. Okay. So she, they decided they were going to try and help her get her legal status. So they started going down that path. And after a while of staying there, she just became a part of the family. She was like a nanny to the kids, would help at the sports park, all that kind of stuff. Friends had warned Doris that it was a bad idea to let Paula live there with them. And I'm not really sure, like we said earlier, why she got kicked out of her aunt's house. So I don't know if people knew why she got kicked out and that's why they were warning her. Okay. Or if there was a warning for other reasons, but maybe it was like, you don't know this girl. You can't just invite people in, but she was 15. So, you know, I'm sure Doris was just kind of like, she can't be that terrible of a person at 15. Right. So anyways, they also said that it they considered somewhere it stated that they considered adopting her, but I can't really confirm that, that, that they were going down that route or not. So I don't know if it's true, but it's possible. Um, so over time, it's believed that John and Paula started to have a relationship. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Yes. We're already, we're jumping in. She's 15. Well, and I don't know at what point, however, either way, she was very young. So She's and probably child. not. That's not a relationship yes, of age. Yeah, and it was really it. It was obvious. I don't know that anybody knew for sure, but it was obvious around them, like how they looked at each other. Doris was even suspicious, and from what I can tell, this may not have been a foreign concept in their marriage. Like, definitely, John has strayed before, and with young women, and whatnot. Um, and so maybe that's the reason why people were warning Doris, don't let this young, pretty woman, because she was pretty in your house. Like, you know what your husband's done in the past? Like, you don't want to tempt him. So that's possible that that's the reason why they were warning her. I don't know. Um, so she had known about the other affairs and there was a time at which like he was sleeping on the couch and they were having trouble in their marriage, but it's assumed that they worked things out and were doing okay. But anyways, this relationship with Paula started and people also said that they would spend a lot of time together at the sport, like long days and long nights at the sports park. So there was speculation there of what was happening on September 20th, 2006, the sports park was closed for the day for cleaning. I'm assuming this is something that they did randomly just to, you know, sanitize and whatnot. Cause there's just little fingers <laughs> touching everything. Yeah. fingers. Um, John and Paula would spend the day there, and Paula suggested Doris come and help as well. And But Doris had never done this. She'd always just taken care of the kids, done whatever she needed to do around the house. She never was really part of a whole lot there. But she's like, oh, all right, sure, I'll come help. Killian, it's fine. So she dropped her kids off at school that morning and headed to the sports park. Doris and Paula were went to work cleaning in, like, the kitty tunnels. So they were in the tunnels cleaning those out. And John had to go to the hardware store to get something – that he needed to probably repair something that was going that 
at the park. And he left around 940 and doesn't come back until about 1115. And what he comes back to may shock you as much as it shocked him. Oh, gosh. Or did it shock him? I don't really know. But after this break, we'll find out what happened. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. Okay. I have things I need to say. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I I cannot get my head around that he was having this, well, that he was sleeping with a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. Because uh-huh. she yeah. can't, she's a minor, so she can't mm-hmm. consent. Right. And nope. she mm-hmm. is in a foreign country alone. She's been abandoned by her family. He's giving her, she's not a citizen. And mm-hmm. he's giving her a place to stay and a job. Like the power balance is way off. I don't like him. No, I don't like him either. Bad job. I don't like him either. Yeah. And 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 I don't know exactly when the relationship started. Yes, could have started when she was 15. Could have started. But at this point, we're in 2006 and I believe she's 19 years old. So either way, she was very young. Okay. No matter when it started. Could have been 16, 17, 18. Who knows? But she's still very young. 100% too young to give consent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here I am going to say that, which you may have already could tell, there's not a whole lot of information out there on this. And I did make a public records request to the GBI using all the names, all the players in this case, and they denied us. Oh. They said it's an open or active investigation and that they couldn't provide with any records. So, Spoiler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Open investigation. Mm-hmm. So things are just choppy, and I'm sorry for that. But, okay. When John returns from the hardware store, he finds Doris on the floor in a pool of blood shot in the head. Oh, no. He immediately calls police. And I will post these pictures, but there are pictures of him, one of which, or there's a couple pictures, of John, who's visibly, like, he's, like, on the ground, like, disheveled and upset and surrounded by emergency personnel and whatever. And then there's another picture of 19-year-old Paula who's being carried out of the sports park by a police officer, like literally cradling her like a baby. And she's like got her arm around and like was she very hurt? No, she was not hurt. She's not hurt. The statement that she gave to police was that they were cleaning I believe in different sections of tunnels. And there was a knock at the door. Doris went to answer it. And Paula said she heard shouting, banging, glass shattering, and then a gunshot. And then she hid in one of the tunnels and would not come out until John came back. And so that's why she was being carried out. So she didn't see anybody. She just heard this and stayed hid. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. In one interview, it was stated that Doris was shot once in the head and that it was possible she had her hands over her head, you know, kind of like, I don't know how to describe this. Like put your hands behind your head. Yeah. Uh, Just like that. Right. Yeah. Just like that. Um, 
and because part of that it's believed that part of her fingers <gasps> were like gone. And so okay. anyway, I did not read that anywhere. It was stated in an interview by somebody else. So I don't know if that is fact or not, but I think they saw a report. This was a reporter. Okay. Reporting. Okay. So initially it suggested that it was a gang related incident because gangs were known to come to the park and try and hang out and John would kick them out and not allow them in. So they thought they were just retaliating against him for not letting them be there. But that ends up proving to be just a dead end. They're like, no, I don't really think that was it. Clearly investigators start by looking at the closest people to the victim and then they move out to that circle. And so they assume they're assuming I'm assuming that they look into John, but he wasn't there. Like he went to the um, hardware store. Okay. Paula was, but she was a 19 year old and they clearly found her like very upset in a tunnel. And so didn't really think that she had much to do with it. So I'm assuming they 100% confirmed that John was not there. Like CCTV receipts. Oh, okay. Okay. I can't find that information. Okay. So yes, I'm assuming that there is proof that he was not at not there and that he could prove he was somewhere else. But John lawyers up really quickly and it makes it hard for police to even like communicate with him or anything. Cause he just doesn't cooperate. So they're struggling to like piece things together. It's believed that Paula may know more than she's saying. And since she was there illegally, they took Paula into custody in May of 2007. They like arrest her. Okay. Sent her to Alabama and she was held there while they were doing the process to deport her. Um, she was there, I think, did I say a year? Not yet. Yeah. You have. Yeah. She was there about a year during the time. She apparently made statements about knowing more than what she initially said, because they're thinking like, well, she, now she's getting nervous. She doesn't want to be deported. So she's insinuating that she knows more than, which is what they thought from the beginning. Oh, like she would maybe try to use it. Like, look, if you let me stay here, I'll tell you this. Right. Okay. Yes. And they were kind of hoping that's what would happen by taking her into custody. But every time they would then push her for it or pressure her for more information, she would clam up and not talk. So she was not awarded bail. The DA in Georgia basically like wrote a a note, a note, dear sir. (laughs) Do you like me? Check yes or no. (laughs) Love Beth. (laughs) (laughs) They sent a document to them that said, don't give her bail. Don't let her out because she's withholding crucial evidence in a murder investigation. This is what we believe. So you cannot let her out. And in the same document, it stated that John was the main suspect in the murder of his wife. Oh, okay. And that's the only place that it is mentioned from what I know, because clearly they will not send me records. So I am just going by what people are telling other people in interviews. Gosh. Well, they have gotten, but he had an alibi. So that doesn't make any sense. Oh, the GBI. They, they are the GBI. It's like a Let's talk about fortress up in there. We have talked about them so many times and they are so, they are probably, and maybe it just because it keeps coming up in our cases, but it seems like they are the most under lock and key, like group of, right. It, it, like you could get more information from the FBI. Yeah. And I feel like 
fine. That's like great if you can't because it's open investigation. But I feel like even if this wasn't an open investigation, they'd come up with some freaking reason to not let me have it. Well, you can tell us like alibi that can be publicly known. That doesn't hinder the case at all. Like they withhold information that it's not necessary to withhold. This was the same in the Tamala case. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know if it just wasn't, I mean, I can't imagine this wasn't like big news, but like all the articles I read were just like these short little, oh, Doris, you know, Whirl was shot and blah, blah. You know, it was like really short blurbs about it. I never really found in-depth articles about this. Okay. Case. Anyway, so it's just, it's just strange. It's strange. Maybe because it's a small town. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the DA also warned um, them not to let her go because they thought she'd be a flight risk. So mm-hmm. they were like, you've got to hold on to her. Paula's attorneys argue that without a murder weapon and evidence, you can't just hold her indefinitely. So you've got to choose what you're going to do. You're going to let her go. You're going to deport her. Like you've got to, got to let her go. So they were like, well, we can't prove anything right now, but we can get you out of the U S. So in early 2008, Paula gets deported back to Venezuela. Interesting. Was that the right choice? Because at least if she stayed in the U.S., they would know where she was. Right. They could keep tabs on her in case they needed her again. Yeah, unless she chose to leave on her own and go some like flee the country. Well, yeah. Because like she doesn't have like she's not like she's not allowed to leave the country because she's being charged because they're not charging her. Right. Don't have any evidence. Right. Anyway, so they're just like, well, we're just going to get rid of you and you can't come. (laughs) Anyway, during the immigration proceedings, John picks up the kids and moves to Fernandanda. Fernandanda. Words are hard. (laughs) I can always say this one, though. And I always think it's fantastic that I can say Fernandina Beach. Yep. Good job. Bring it to me, people. (laughs) In Florida. (laughs) Fernandina. That's what you said? Fernandina. Okay. Yeah. Fernandina Beach. Anyway, okay. In Florida. His family has property down there, so that's why he goes down that way. He felt that half of the people in town had pity on him and half of the people thought he was guilty and his kids just couldn't live their lives normally. So he was like, I'm just getting them out of here. So yeah, need a fresh start. Fair. That is fair. It is fair. So he goes there. So around this same time, which is about a year and a half after the murder – Two people are arrested in this case and charged with conspiracy to commit murder. The two men were 39-year-old Glidden Rodriguez and 20-year-old Brandon Cage. Glidden had worked for the Whirls at the sports park. He had even been to their house for dinners, for holidays. And so everyone's just kind of unclear as to why they picked these two guys up because this is someone who Doris was so kind to. Why would he want to kill her? Well, she was kind to Paula, too. Well, she was, yeah, she was just a kind person. Uh Uh-huh, exactly, yes, right. She's even kind to John to keep him around after knowing that he had fears. So true. So, anyway. So, but maybe it was like, well, because it said he worked for them. I don't know if he was working for them at the time or just had worked and he wasn't anymore. So maybe he was just thinking, I could rob the place and it goes wrong and Doris just happens to be there and it, you know, robbery gone wrong. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're thinking. But again, what I said they were charged with was conspiracy to commit murder, which means that they were just talking about it and not that they actually pulled the trigger. Or yes, 
But it could be that they didn't have the evidence to charge them with the murder because they didn't find the murder weapon or couldn't prove that they were there and had done it, but they can prove that they talked about it. Right. And again, I have no idea how they can prove that. Right. I don't know what records they have, what videos, what like right. recordings, who told on them, nothing. So these guys are held for about five weeks and they're basically holding them, hoping that the longer they hold them, maybe they'll want to talk like, okay, fine. I'm going to roll over on this guy because I, I don't want to sit in prison any or jail anymore, like waiting. So, but they never talk. They never right. say anything. They just they're say like, they, they didn't do it. Right. It's just like, we didn't do it, whatever. So now they're thinking, well, maybe they don't know anything and maybe they didn't do anything because they're not talking and we've still held them. So after five weeks, they release them because of insufficient evidence. Okay. Several months late, later, something really strange happens again. The Worrell kids are at school, and John takes their family dog to the vet to get him euthanized. And I'm getting the impression that this was not because he was sick or old. It seemed to be a random act. But also, it seems weird that a vet would do that unless there was a reason. But... Uh-huh. So, again... Sort of confused by it, but he does this, then goes to school and takes the kids out early, and they get on a flight to Costa Rica with the intention to live there. Go on. Mm -hmm. Just ups and leaves. So did he put the dog down just because he didn't want to have to take the dog to Costa Rica yes. or couldn't take – But again, what vet would just do that? I don't know. I mean, they euthanize dogs in shelters if they're there too long, and there's no reason for that no. other than they don't have a home. So maybe the vet was like, well, this dog's about to be homeless. Yeah. Or he lied and was like, I don't know. I found this dog. Right. We can't yeah. care for it anymore. Or the dog no bit my kids. kid and you need to put it down. That yeah, I guess he could have said anything. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so it gets a little bit stranger, though. I feel so. like I know what is going to happen. <laughs> and I think Paul is coming back. <laughs> You've researched too many crime stories. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So True Crime Daily took an interest in this case and went back to track John down to talk to him. So they hired a private investigator to look into it. In 2016, the investigator found John and traveled to Costa Rica to see if he can find him. Like he knew he was in Costa Rica and about where he was. So we're going to see if we can talk to him. He apparently owns a local ice delivery service and has a partner in this company. Who do you think it's the partner like is? Paula. Oh, yes, it is. Paula. Paula, Paula. I think it might be Paula, Paula by the way. I think so too, but it's never said like in all the interviews, but could be like maybe just people pronouncing it wrong. I don't know, but I would say Paula. So she also seems to be more than his business partner. Mm -hmm. um, she is referred to as in a local newspaper, the, um, that it's like written up on him or something like, and I don't know. There's why it's an article because it's written in Spanish. And so the only thing that they picked out, though, was that they it, in it it says she's referred to as the mother of Doris's children. Oh no! And locals there refer to her as Mrs. Worrell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when the investigator goes out to their place of business, they're recording this like there's a video camera, and you're just like seeing them through bushes, whatever. And John and Paula stay somewhat out of sight for a little bit, but then they come out towards the cameras and the investigator states who he is, why he's there, puts his hand out to shake John, John's hand, and Paula slaps John's hand away and is like, uh-uh, nope, 
don't don't talk to them. Let's get away. Stay away. Blah, 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 blah. And as they're walking back, she's yelling at them, leave us alone. Stay away from us. We're calling the police. We're calling a lawyer. Like, go away. Get away. To the investigator. Seems aggressive, Paula. Uh, Right? Yeah. Doris's family and friends and me (laughs) believe that the pair had something to do with Doris's death. Neither pulled the trigger, but they planned it. Somehow, one shape, shape or form. Hmm. They got rid of Doris and Paula just took her place in the family. No one has ever been charged with this crime. I'm not sure that anyone ever will be. Um, also, let me add, Costa Rica does not have extradition tree. Extradition tree. What? <laughs> say that. Extradition treaty? Is that what even treaty? Is that what you're going to uh-huh. say? Okay. Uh-huh. With the U.S. So they won't extradite him. I can say that one. Fine. Extradite. I cannot say <laughs> Treaty. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, so even if it is proven one day that he was involved, how would, uh, who knows if they'd ever even arrest him unless he heads back to the U S for some reason, or they trick him like they tricked. What's her nuts. <laughs> Remember Ari, Aria in the Adam Anhang. Oh yeah. Anhang case where they like put this whole task force together and tricked her to go somewhere else that they could arrest her in. Mm-hmm. So, but who knows, who knows if they'll ever be able to even get him. So Anyways, we'll see. But I truly hope that this family gets the justice that they deserve 100%. someday. And also, I'm sure the poor family doesn't have any contact with Doris's kids. I was just going to literally just getting ready to say these kids are being probably brainwashed. Right. By these two people who conspired to kill their mother. And probably really don't know anything is even being said about it. Because I'm assuming they're just sort of like sheltering them from like the U.S. Right. <laughs> news about like... Anyway, and, and there's not a whole lot, not a whole lot out there in, about this. And we actually, I, I'm very upset about this, but we had communication with Doris's sister Leanne because Andrea, who suggested it, has contact with the family. And I dropped the ball. I'm super sorry and disappointed in myself, but we just didn't get. I personally think I don't know why, but we didn't. I think we got didn't get it to. Ooh, sorry did not get to this case quickly enough and maybe she gave up on us right? <laughs> when we were communicating. I don't know. I, I, I explained to her and I'm going to explain now, like guys, we are moms and wives first and podcasters second. So sometimes we have great intentions to do something and just life gets in the way and it gets pushed off and we don't have a team of people that are just working and like making sure it gets done. So right. <laughs> apologies if we don't get to things as quick as we intend to, but I would love, I still wanted to get the story out there because I don't know. I did not even know anything about it until this. And that maybe one day she'll want to talk to us again and get some more information out there. If so, great. If not also, that's fine, but (sighs) need some, need some freaking justice for Doris. Cause this is silly. It's just, ugh frustrating i have a real problem with john okay oh <laughs> i think for, for real. i i think he that i'm so i hope his kids are all right mm-hmm. because i think he's a bad guy i know and i think paul is bad do you think that it's possible that they hired those two boys to come in and kill her and that that's why they thought 
they were conspired yeah, I mean, any- to commit murder. Yeah, I, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, I would even I would even say I, I could think it's possible that now Doris's sister Leanne one hundred percent believes that based on the interview I watched in True Crime Daily, um, it, that they did it together, like you know, planned this. Whatever. 100%. I, I also think it could be possible that John planned it. And Paula didn't know. No, I don't think that's possible. He's like brainwashed her into believing that he had nothing to do with it. Oh, well. And that's why she's still with him. I don't know. I don't know. No, I I think they're keeping each other's secret. Yeah. I mean, basically, that's where my head went. I mean, I the whole time I was looking at it, I basically thought that they... But that's one direction it could go into. And they had to have hired someone to do it or convince someone, but more likely hired Mm -hmm. someone. And it makes sense that it would be those two guys because they kind of came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So I do feel like maybe the GBI has connected it together. They just can't prove it. Right. And that is the saddest thing when that happens. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. They have no murder weapon. Yeah. Somebody had to have left. Right. With the gun. So it ha- there had to be somebody else in there. Because I was thinking, even thinking, well, could Paula have been the one that pulled the trigger and cleaned her hands really well? And But then where would the gun be? The gun would have to be on that property somewhere. And I'm assuming they searched the property thoroughly. Right. Oh, my gosh. I am so sorry for Doris's family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of them. Her parents, her sister, her children. Mm-hmm. Her friends, Andrea, how sad. I can't imagine this being my friend and there being no answers or so many holes. That's so heartbreaking. Anyways, mm-hmm. I'd like to know what the family's theory is. We can watch the true crime daily. Thing. Okay. I think I'm going to watch it. That is, <laughs> Yeah, there's only, I don't know that it's the entire episode, but it's, um, it's like 20 something minutes, but. You hear from Leanne and um, another reporter, and then you see the confrontation between the PI okay. and, and John and Paula. Interesting. Well, thanks for covering that case. The frustrating ones are always hard to cover, mm-hmm. but that that's really interesting and sad. I'm glad that we could talk about it. It's not Georgia's just a state away from me. So, mm. you know sad that's mm-hmm. so sad i have such a problem with john <laughs> me too like he just so many red flags and i just am sad that hindsight's always 2020 but i you know it's just sad it's just sad that doris was such a kind person and no one else has a motive mm-hmm. it has to be right. them yes yeah, like even the like you were saying the gang story that John was kicking the gangs out of the place mm-hmm. and not letting him. Hang. They'd be mad at John. They wouldn't be mad at Doris, right? But killing his wife would get back. Well, that's true. But I don't like that though. I don't. Think I don't think that went. That went. That was like a real like. This is what initially was said that it's possible, that, but I don't think that went anywhere. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for covering the case. Andrea, thanks for writing in and giving the suggestion. We're so sorry for the loss of Doris and the injustices that have followed. 
And we hope you keep listening and tell a friend. That would be cool. That's the best compliment that you can give us. If you like what you hear and you want more, you can come join our Patreon and find us on social media. We love getting reviews and hearing what you guys think. We haven't asked for those in a while. So if you want to come and do that on Apple or Spotify or wherever you can do that, that'd be cool. And always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.